Midnight, midnight, Live from an undisclosed location somewhere in North America, Rocky Stucci is in the Situation Room. Freaking the big cannoli always gets into stories right before we hit the live freaking button. Hey, Scotty. I'll be a great grandpa someday. How you doing, my brother? How you living? Great. You're looking fantastic today. We were just complimented before we went live. Those of you that are watching, YouTube, Mojo TV, how you doing? To all you jackholes out there on the Twitter sphere, how you doing? And to everybody else, how you doing? How you doing? Forget about it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Roberts, how you doing, man? You doing good? Life is good. Everything is good. I am Groot. All right. I had a whole completely different intro. And uh, I got sidetracked with your whole little reference you had right before we went live. Yeah, you know, and I just thought it was a fun story because it was a gay guy who told me the story. So if a gay guy tells you a gay story, you can go, hey, that's funny. I can use it. And if a gay guy doesn't tell you a gay story and it's a straight guy, it's racist. But no, no, it's it's homophobic. Xenophobic. Whatever. I'm (laughs) sick of all the name freaking terminology. So Mueller is resigning, brother. Yeah, I heard that uh, Mueller saying, I'm done. I got nothing else to say. Yep. I got things I can't legally say. I'm done. Shut up. Yeah, shut your face. I think he's he's just done. Hey, Scotty, before we get into, we're, I think we're going to get yeah. pretty serious on this freaking broadcast. I'm going to try to. That was close. It was a clean, freshly pressed shirt, too. Oh, I thought I was more worried about your crotch area. Oh, no, 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 no. It was off to the side. And I hanged to the left, so I was good. Oh, so you hit on the right. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, hashtag the big cannoli hangs to the left. How you doing? How you doing? Um, you, you know what, doing? Scotty, I noticed something. You know, I was yeah. going through, and uh, I don't do this a lot, but I was going through and um, re-watching some of the broadcasts from yesterday. Um, you know, I've, I'm always curious when we talk about some geopolitical things, like with Iran and Iraq and Israel. My God, every time I just say that name on a show, I get emails of people telling me how... Oh, yeah. You know, anti-Semitic I am, and there's nothing anti-Semitic about anything I say. But I was curious to see some of the reactions of some of the people in the chat room last night on our YouTube channel. Um, Because I don't watch the chat. I get too distracted. And um, so I I don't do and keep your thoughts cogent. That's it. Um, And and it's no disrespect to the people. It's just my ADHD is terrible. You know, I'm the same way when I do all my stuff. um, I, I can't look at it. If I look at it, I start. I only pick up what passes yep. if i'm in something i see something pass and it's sticking out i go oh hey you know so and so just said it's really hard to respond to the chat it's just that's why i throw in a comment here and there so all of you out there know we're there we're see you we're listening can't always respond exactly to what you're saying well i just want to point out um this is this is this show is only around because of the people that watch and listen to the program amen and um this is you know I'm a, I, I observe, and I was going through some of the comments in the chat from yesterday, and this is this is the humbling part about what we do because we have friends from an array of backgrounds with an array of beliefs in Indeed. all different types of factions of this planet, and it's yet no matter how much of a difference we have in opinions, and I'm referring to the chat room yesterday, is that we can all still be big people. And we can all still have big people conversations 
And even though we disagree with, so a lot of people disagree with my stance on a lot of different things, but they're still here because they know at least we're just having the conversation. We don't claim expertise. We don't claim that what we talk about, that our opinions are right. I don't even know what's right anymore. You know what I'm saying? Um, So on behalf of the cannoli and the freaking meatball, um, man, I just want to say, I truly, when I say it, I love the hell out of you guys, man. It's impressive that we can have these civilized conversations. Uh, We can agree to disagree, uh, yet we don't get pissed off at one another and do what other uh, groups uh, or different tribes do in different chats. And just because somebody has a difference of opinion does not automatically make them a a troll. You know what I'm saying? It means that they have a difference of opinion. And every, I think, Scotty, a lot of our opinions are molded uh, by many different things, whether it be our personal life experiences, um, our religious orientation, um, you know, our political orientation. I think a lot of this, it kind of molds, you know, all these different things that we experience in life that what we bring to the table today. Does it, does that make any sense to you? Oh, oh, it does. It's an amalgam of all that we are. Amalgam. uh, That's the word I was trying to come up with. My bad, bro. It it eluded me for a moment. For a moment. Uh, Yeah, I I think so. And it's, uh, and we, you know, frankly, we don't spend a lot of time here. When you think about it, you're only doing an hour a day. That's five hours a week. You know, that's uh, less time than it takes to watch a prolonged baseball game. Some people poop more Uh, than that in a week. I know. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You know, my wife said to me today, she wasn't being overly critical, but uh, she said, you know, you spend an hour a day doing this thing with Rocky, and then there's the the foreplay at the beginning. Oh, yeah. You and your girlfriend, Rocky. Yeah, yeah. Girlfriend. uh, And then there's the... Why do I got to be the girl? She says it. um, Because you're on the other end there. She can shut her face. Just can't. Totally just kidding. I can't do the head thing. Like Shut your I, face. Myself in traction. How you doing? Uh, but then, uh, and then, uh, you know, and then you spend a little time afterwards. You're talking all the time, you guys. And, and, uh, uh, and she says, I, you know, you need to spend more time with your daughter. And, uh, you know, it was a little tongue in cheek because this show takes place at 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and it, it became the critique of, you know, what you do and what you spend your time on and this and that. And I just looked down and I said, you know, we could use that hour doing daily sex. Ooh. She, hey. Ooh. she said, yeah, you're good. You're good. Oh, go, <laughs> go talk to your boyfriend or go girlfriend in her freaking words. <laughs> I said, come on, once a day, really, that's all I'm going to get? Well, you know, um, women are the most beautiful creature on this planet. Oh, hell yeah. And, you know, we need to listen when they speak. And, you know, I don't think that what I've learned over the years is that women aren't asking for a lot. Um, They want to feel beautiful. They want to feel loved. They want to be able to get a blanket every once in a while and just cuddle up in a blanket, watch a movie. Um, They're not, uh, and I'm only speaking from the world's I know, they're not looking to always be wined and dined. Um, They just want to feel like they're part of a relationship and a friendship. They like to have their feet rubbed without sexual content that's really hard for me to do it's really hard for me to rub feet without trying to rub up a thigh you know what i'm saying bro come up it's like uh oh oh, look does this uh, your hip bone have anything to do with this foot pain you're having (laughs) all all of a sudden the cannoli's a freaking chiropractor you know what i'm saying let me check your butt cheek real quick (laughs) you know there's there's one chiropractic move that we see our we go see a chiropractor about once a week 
and it's very helpful. And he does this move, and he's a great guy. He's also a physical therapist. But uh, we're both sitting in there, Rainy and I, and she's on the table, and he'll have her on her back, and then he'll put her on her side and take her butt and her hip and kind of twist it way over. So it's like almost a almost a boudoir position, you Ooh, know? yeah. He's got her twisted over and one knee up, and then he puts his knee kind of down on her knee and puts something in the small of her back and takes his hip and does one of these on top of her her, her curvaceous hip turned over. He does one of these. Whoa. And, and you watch that. Do that again. First of all, I have to say, and this is my wife, so I can say this. Um, I sit there and I watch him just contort her to get her into the position, and I'm like, boner city. Damn. Like, That's cool. Damn. I like that, Doc. How do I do that at home? And then he does the whoomp, and you hear a big, and Renee goes, oh, <laughs> and I say, yeah, yeah, that's that's about right. No, but I'm telling you, even things, guys, remember we were talking the other day, every 19 seconds it's supposed to be a guy thinks about sex. Ooh. And I think that's what that's where it comes from. It's things like that. I can My wife can walk in the room, and I'm looking down, I'm reading something, and I walk by and I see your bare feet. And I go, Oh, daddy remembers when you used to wear rings on those toes. Oh. And, you know, that's where your head goes right away. And you're not trying to be a perv at home. You're trying to be, you know, we're just, just normal. We got a normal life. But we got three kids, too, that are also little, I can't say the word, little rooster blockers. You oh, know? I got you. I've spent most of the last 10 years that my wife breastfed these three kids oh. with the little one, you know, every time. You know, daddy sees mom there. Uh, you know, it's like, hey, how you doing? So let me ask uh, you a question. I'm going to be you, so. Wait, wait, wait. You come close and the little elbow comes up from under the blanket. Oh, that, yeah. that blocked. No, that's mine, daddy. Let Back me, off. Let me ask you a question, Roberts. I'm going to be really immature right now because this okay, is who it. the freaking meatball hey. is. Have you ever pulled a drink? Pulled a drink. You know, from the nip while she's breastfeeding. Uh, I have. No, you do it. I can't believe you even said it's that. Not, it's not. It's not perverted. I don't think it's immature. Um, I didn't want to really. Oh my god! And was it uh, an accident? It it was. It was semi-accidental. Oh my god! It wasn't. It wasn't like I pulled up to the bar. You know, sidled up to the bar, (laughs) put on the rail, and said, "And said, pour me a double or anything like that." Oh my god! But um, I, I, I once out of pure father. (sighs) Uh, fatherly responsibility and all of that. I thought I got to see what this is all about. What are these kids digging this? Cause I don't remember that far back. And, uh, I gave it a try and it was like, okay, you know, I, I'm done. I'm done with that. I'm, I'm good. It was, it was kind of sweet. It was a little too warm for me. I like my milk cold. Um, uh, I prefer the the breast milk of a Fijian oh. virgin, <laughs> I suppose. And so the the, <coughs> problem, the problem with breastfeeding <coughs> is that my wife's breasts became utilitarian feeding stations, as opposed to the fun that they used to represent oh, years ago. I'm sweating. And it's not that they're not fun now; it's that. Uh, they're still good. They're still shit. You've seen them. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I mean, well, you know, kind of. And uh, 
uh, he says, you've seen them. Well, wait, wait, no. Well, they're hard to of, miss. Right. You know, and, and I say this all in kindness and slight immaturity, but, uh, uh, no, I didn't go out of my way to like, like, Hey, fill up my cup, you know, or anything like that. Scotty, I was sitting at a, I know you got something to say, sitting at my 50th birthday party, which was now close to nine years ago. Damn. And, uh, we're all in a big pub and, uh, about a hundred people there. And uh, I'm sitting there and I'm talking to somebody. I wouldn't make it a habit calling me that. And so I'm sitting there talking to somebody at a table, and I, I'm like, I'm getting water drop dropping on me. I'm like, where's that coming from? And it happened twice. And then I hear a bunch of little giggling and chuckling over there at a table about 15 feet away. I swear to you, 15 feet away. And I look over there, and Rainey's sitting with a couple of friends, and he whips out a $5 bill and hands it to her. She's got a breast out, and she did one of the squeeze, and he bet her 5 bucks she couldn't hit me from 15 feet away. And she got me right in the eye because I went, and I didn't know where it was coming from. So, you know, ladies, uh, Lechi team, what do you guys do, you know, in your off time? Uh, you figure out how to shoot at your husbands across the room. There it is, Rocky. Do we so, are talking uh, about the Roberts pulling off a booby, drinking some booby milk? That's my wife for you. You know, I always did want oh, to do no, a prank. No, 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 You're just saying pulling off a booby. That's like, <laughs> I wasn't like a, a hog baby laying in the slop next to the big hog mama and saying, oh. give me a teat, mama. It was nothing like that. It was just... You know, you're a dad. You're there when they're feeding. It's all the time. You know, dads, you know, and all you dads out there, you know this. If, you're, if your wife, if you've had kids and you got babies around and your wife breastfed, about the only enjoyment you have for a few years is saying, oh, it's breastfeeding time. Can I just be in the room and watch? Uh, you know, Dude, and uh, we are 15 minutes in the show and we're talking about pulling off a teeth. Sorry, you brought it up. I think it's fascinating. I could talk about this a whole hour. I actually, one time, now my sister, she's a pumper, I guess. That's what they call them, a pumpa-pumpa. Um, yeah, my wife did some of that, too. Yeah, so, you know, you'd go to her house, and, she, like, half of her refrigerator is, like, booby milk. You know what I'm saying? You know, and, and the thing is, women who breastfeed, they're so, it's become so natural, which is a good thing. I got no problem with it. You could be over to somebody's house or out to eat with them. You know, at a posh restaurant like Ruth's Chris Steakhouse or something, and you're sitting and you're eating, and the woman will go, "Oh, ah, hey, hang on, guys," and she's talking. Well, yeah, so you know, keep going, and she whips a little boob out, and she might have a shawl or something, and coming out of her big bag on her side, she's, and you hear like, and she's pumping breast milk because the kids are being sat by grandma while they're out eating or doing their socializing and she's got to do it while it's there. I mean, when rainy had to feed our kids and we weren't, the kids weren't there, or we were out or something. Those babies got like swollen and hard. And it was like, Oh my God. She says it hurts. I, I wish got I had, she a bell. had to ex uh, express it. Now I didn't help in that area very well. I was like, yes, they're big and hard. They're full and round and firmly packed. Hey, that was a line of Pepe Le Pew. Remember him? 
Ooh, you are so firm, so round, so fully packed. <laughs> Dude, one so, time, one time, I was gonna go in the refrigerator and I was gonna grab one of my sister's little pouches. And uh -oh. during a family function, like on Christmas Eve, and then I was gonna pour the breast milk into the creamer jar and put it right next to the coffee that my mom sets up for everybody. And then people use the breast milk without not even knowing it was breast milk. And then I was gonna sit there and live stream people drinking freaking booby milk while they're drinking their coffee and just be like, coffee. <laughs> it's French vanilla, you know, it's French Italian. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You want one lump or two with that? Oh, man, dude. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, uh, and like I say, Having gone through, uh, you know, my oldest is now pushing 10. The the next one is 7. The next one's 4. And uh, Rainy enjoyed the, pro the, 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 what's the word? I can't even think of the word I was thinking of. But she, she enjoyed the closeness. It was good for Rainy just as much as it was good for the kid. Well, there's uh, that bonding thing. It's a bonding thing. And, and you know. And there's a biological thing. There's a biological uh, thing. See, we forget yeah. that we're animals. You know, that's, that's what we forget. You know, every animal on this planet breastfeeds their baby cubs or baby cats or baby cows or baby pigs. They all do it. We are part of that animal kingdom. It's just somehow yep. some people in society have forgot that that's what we are. They think we're like this master species that are, it's one and of a you kind. Know, I'm sorry, breast milk for moms and babies, not to make a comparison, but you're talking about the physical body. It's like you get a bee sting. What's the best thing you can do for it? You pee on it. What? And, uh, now, I'm not talking like have somebody else do it and stand over you and, you know, golden showers or anything like that. Not talking about that. What? I'm I've heard this, and uh, I, I have actually never done it, but I heard this in my youth. There was an old Finnish woman that I knew, and she was elderly. I'm Googling and it. And I got stung by a bee. I was raking her yard. And she, she was said, a pervert. And she said... You know what you do? She said, you, uh, I mean, she almost sounded like, you know, the gypsy woman from the werewolf movie. Uh, <laughs> Even the man who is pure in heart and says his prayers by night may pee on a bee sting when he gets bit and all will be fine and right. You know, it was kind of like that. She said, just she said, pee a little bit on your fingertip. And she said, touch it on the bee sting. Dude, and it, apparently it's that real. Is, it's a real thing. It reduces. The, oh, my God. It does. Now, uh, that my whole point with that is the point you were making. We're biological creatures. We're animals uh, of a different sort. You know, we're, we're a high, higher level. You know, we, we do things differently uh, than most animals. Some would say that's the breath of life that God breathed into us, the fact that we have a soul. This is where, Rocky, you got to ask yourself, are you a dichotomist or a trichotomist when it comes to the theology? Dichotomy, body and spirit, or body and soul. Uh, trichotomous is body, soul, and spirit. And that there's these three different elements that make it up, and that most animals, theologically we spoke, were dichotomous. They had a body and a soul, meaning they had something that existed afterwards. Scott, let me ask you before you move on. I've actually heard this debate with some very staunch Catholics. Oh, That yeah. they don't believe that any other animal on this planet has a soul, uh, only humans. What are yep. your... That's very biblically speaking. Do you believe dogs have souls? Um, I believe they have souls. I don't. It, it's the other way around. Maybe spirits and not souls, or souls and not spirits. Um, I'm trying to remember. They all hail it back to the creation, and 
God formed Adam of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul, I think it says. I confuse that, soul and spirit. So it was something that elevated mankind, at least theologically, above the animals. And uh, uh, that's what set us apart. Um, and so not that we're just more evolved, which it might be just that. So there's something to that. Now, I, I would always hail back to, I had people ask me this question when it came to, uh, I knew an old guy, old rancher, an old cowboy, you know, he was in his 70s, and um, he kind of talked like this, well, Mr. Roberts and this and that, and I had a dog that died, and so we took all the kids out. And we, we buried the dog. We made a little grave for him in the garden and buried oh. him. And uh, he goes, what the hell are you burying that cur for? That's just a dog. He says, you're teaching them kids that that dog's something special. It's just an animal. And I said, and you raise horses. I said, how can you think that? And we got into a debate. Oh boy. And uh, I know we got a little time here, but yep. uh, um, constraint. But uh, what I brought it back to was, uh, you remember... Biblically, it said, there is not one sparrow that falls, but God is grieved in his heart. Um, it's his creation. It's something he made. Now, we're talking strictly theologically here. Mm -hmm. If God, I get chills talking oh. about it. Oh. Uh, and so there's this, there's this thing about, uh, there's a couple <laughs> of different references that talk about God loving the animals, his yeah. creation. And that when they die, he knows it and he feels it in his heart. And there's something more there, and there's something. There's more verses. You can come up with some stuff on that. But do you think Lucy fur has a soul? Oh, I don't know. Sometimes <laughs> she's got spirit. She's got spirit. That's for sure, dude. Skeletor is my little baby. She weighs like yeah. half of a freaking pound. I don't know. I just, you know, we could look at the science aspect and not the theological aspect, and it's the. Um, you know, the whole energy thing, energy is not yeah. created or destroyed. It just transfers from one form or the other. You know, ants have energy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Flies and bees oh, have we don't energy. Look at ants. You don't have pet ants that go, come here, squeaky. Right, right. They don't no, cuddle they don't up come with you. And call. They, they have different brain systems. They work different. I do, I, I do wash spiders down the, the drain in the shower. Oh, dude, I love life and I don't kill things. We talked about this, but I don't hunt. Not because I'm against it. I would hunt if I had to feed my family. I got no problem with it. Yep. I just don't hunt. I don't like killing things. But I got to tell you, if there's a spider in my house, it's dead. I'll kill it. It's like, look, you got billions of cubic square feet to live in outside. What are you doing in my house? Yeah, get out of here, stupid. Uh, get out. Hey, really quick, folks. Tar River Arms. Making it easier, more comfortable than ever to purchase your firearms online. Modernizing online firearm sales to accommodate the online generation. If you love guns, you got to get to this website. They are veteran-owned. They are veteran-run. They have awesome guns. They have awesome prices and excellent first-class service. Get to their website. Just look around. Have a good freaking time. TRAguns.com. TRAguns.com. Cannoli, the whole segment was talking about... You know, dude, we got, we got issues here. I got stuff. You know, we got... We got things to talk about. We didn't even hit it. Dude, I do it. See, ADHD. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to ADHD of Talk Radio, the big freaking hey, cannoli. How many ADHD radio uh, show hosts does it take to ride a bike? Hey, let's screw in light bulbs. Let's go fishing. Actually, I want to go fishing. Uh, anyways, folks, hey, get your freaking meatball army gear. Get your son of a patriot gear. 
get to the freaking website, will you? It's streamingtalkradio.com. I'm going to start posting articles there. I got some on there already. Just click the article tab. Uh, and it's not going to be modern day crap. It's not going to be sensationalized crap. It's going to be historical information, historical data. Uh, this is better stuff than you get anywhere else. Anywhere else. And so, and uh, just, just continue to visit the website and check out what we'll be posting. I, I'm not going to post a crap ton of articles. It's not going to be a daily thing. Maybe one good juicy one a week that could help trigger our thought processes just a little bit more. But we are at the bottom of the hour break. I have no idea what just happened. I have no idea where time just went, but I really enjoyed this conversation, Roberts. That was a good conversation. I need to get my wife in here. and uh... She'll squirt you in the face, bro. Woo. We should live stream that. Look at Scotty. He's blushing. I said she's going to squirt you in the Dude. face. And Scotty's like, woo. Hey. Hey. I do declare. I do declare. Ladies and gentlemen, the situation room with the big freaking cannoli, Scotty freaking Roberts, the emotional meatball, the godfather of talk radio right here, Rocky Stucci. Folks, we love you, man. Stand by. Don't go anywhere. like miss audrey just put in that chat room hashtag that baseline though you know what? i do want to give a special shout out to miss audrey um, absolutely you know dude she is she does a lot of behind the scenes stuff for us uh you know she is always posting links and promoting and and uh, you know she's part of the the team everybody is you know so yeah. but i i just want to give a special shout out to audrey um, and thank you for all the on-air and off-air support that you have given the cannoli and myself over literally the years. She's been she following us. Since, us she does, dude. She really does. Uh, and she goes back to the days when Intrepid Radio, she goes back to the days yeah. when we were doing the Situation Room with Ward. Um, so we just want to give her a special shout-out and a special thank Absolutely. you. And, of course, all thank the other listeners. Yes, sir. All the other listeners and viewers and all of you out there, um, you know, honestly, I know a lot of people say this because they think it's the right thing to say. Me and Scotty say it because it is the thing we have to say because you guys give us the drive every day to have these conversations. Uh, oh, yeah. We love doing this, Roberts. We love doing this. And it's really weird because I came back and I go back to my regular job yesterday. And um, <clears throat> after last weekend, you know, we've been around the block, Roberts. We know some people, you know. Yeah. And um, I'm in Texas. and. I'm seeing people with no legs and these people, I've had this conversation multiple times yesterday. These people could have every excuse in life to be the victim for the rest of their life, every excuse in the book, but they choose not to, they choose to, they could have all these disabilities. They were blown up an ID. We met a guy who's blown up from the second bomb at the Boston bombing. He's a motivational speaker. He goes out, he reaches out to the world. He's trying to change people's life because that is the reality he chose to create. That is the perception of life he chose to manifest, right? Right. But then you have people that make good money that really don't have a lot of legitimate reasons to complain about life, and they are the most miserable son of a bitches you'll ever meet on this freaking yeah. planet. And, and it's a perception thing. There we talk about this. It's a choice. We talk about how powerful our human mind is, and we literally have the ability to create or the ability to change the realities that we live in every single day. Take it away, Roberts. Right. You know, that reminds me, there was something I wanted to say from our Memorial Day show that I forgot to mention 
because I hadn't talked about it for a long time. It was just impromptu at the moment. Remember I mentioned Rainey's uh, half-brother yeah. uh, who had died. IED blew off yep. two or three of his limbs. And he had gone back. He was a guy in his mid-20s. He would think he was 26 um, when he finally died from all this. But he had gone back voluntarily on, on different tours, and finally this was the one that took his life. Um, I forgot to mention... Uh, because it came up when I saw I saw something came up about that memory. He had a tattoo that he had just gotten on his back with that verse of a saying of Jesus, where he said, "No greater love than this that a man would lay down his life for his friends." Oh boy! And that was tattooed on his back. Uh, and there he was doing his duty, mm-hmm. uh, willfully doing his duty. Not going, oh, I can't wait till I'm done so I can get home. It, it was like, when do I get to sign up for the next tour? Right. Uh, so uh, worth worth mentioning. You know, I actually got a hate email from our Memorial Day show. <laughs> really? Yep. The content of that. Well, you know, because you know, there's there's a lot of these people that that watch some of these not ours. They watch some of these YouTube videos, these anti-government, flat Earth, yeah. and yeah. you know, anti-everything uh, YouTube videos. And that becomes their perception of the world. And um, so they were attacking me because we are so supportive towards our troops because war is crime to them. Uh, it's, it's, it, it's, I, it's, a, it's, it's, war is ran by big corporations and big government. And, and so I'm reading this. I'm not even going to get into the details from this psychopathic freak. Um, I, I just ask, what was their point? So just don't fight in the war then. Yeah. They're, they're, so that would solve it. Right. Exactly. Um, you know, and, this shows that this person obviously does not listen consistently to this program because we cover all our angles in regards yes, to what war is, why war is created. Is are we fighting for legitimate freedom or are we fighting for resources? Do we cover it all here? We hit every single angle. Um, so to the person that sent the email, shut up. You know what I'm saying? Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut your face. So Scotty. You're poking the bear today. You're poking. Oh, let's get this done. Let's get this done because I almost forgot last segment. Atron Teal, you guys pooping a lot? You guys constipated? You bloating a little bit? Talk to us. We know people. You know what I'm saying? But uh, you ever bloat after eating, get abdominal distension, tightness, feel tired and heavy after eating a meal, have unpredictable bathroom habits? We got the solution for you folks. It's called Atron Teal. 90 capsule box is normally 40 bucks. When you buy three boxes with our coupon code, you get a three-month supply of bloating and digestive relief for only 99 bucks. So you save over $20 on three boxes of a Trontiel. Go to lovemytummy.com forward slash mojo. Lovemytummy.com forward slash mojo. I got to tell you, all those problems that they cover, those are things like when you're a kid and you're younger, you know, you're like, ah, what the hell is that? That's for elderly people. Yeah, for old people. People on death's door, people that stink of old and they attract flies. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that need that stuff. And I'm ordering some right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, what was that number again? Uh, exactly. Because it's, it's like, you know, I remember the first time a few years ago I ever pulled out, I went and got a jar of that uh, powdered stuff, uh, that uh, old people are supposed to take orangey and you mix it in and yeah. it's supposed to make it regular, oh. you know? And, uh, Rainy looked at me and she picks up the jar and she looks at that and she goes, how old are you? <laughs> Scotty had so, some pooping problems. Yeah. Well, some of that was post-surgery, you know, you get all, you get all bound up. They put you on so many drugs when they cut you open 
you're like two months you can't poop right because first of all anesthetic and then they put you on things like opioids to help you oh. uh, you know and i didn't take a lot of those i still have some from my surgeries matter of fact dude. i took them when i needed them dude uh, I, yeah okay dude this show just gone to shit okay we are hey, going to talk are, to us about your poop i'm going to we are going to talk about that one article after yeah, we I have tell to. We have we're going to gonna talk that. about the MLK thing, but you brought up the opioids and the constipation thing. So, yeah, you know, I'm, right. I'm a man who believes in no skeletons in his closet. So I'm going to share a little story with all you peeps out there. So I was a chronic opioid abuser, abuser. Um, I was taking chronic amounts. There was times where I would take 160 milligrams of Oxycontin at a time. And um, yeah, crap. I know, dude. Well, see, the most you are supposed to be prescribed the maximum dose is 80 milligrams two times a day, but I was such an addict, I was taking two at a time. My um, doc, after open heart surgery, had me on 10 milligrams every six hours as I needed it. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah, but you build a tolerance to that stuff. Yeah. So I didn't poop for like two and a half weeks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I had to go to the emergency room. Did you eat Italian food? <laughs> Dude, because I couldn't, I was so bound up. It was like I had a baseball right inside my, my poop oh. hole. You know what I'm saying? And well, I couldn't poop. When you get constipated, yeah. it, packs, it packs in so and it doesn't go anywhere. I go into the emergency room. The doctor comes in. He does x-rays. He's like, yeah, man, you are packed. I'm like, no shit, bro. That's what you got to <laughs> tell you telling me. I'm, I know I'm packed. I'm ready to poop out of my mouth. I'm so freaking packed. You know what I'm no saying? No shit was the phrase of the so day. He's like, okay, well, we're going to have to. What do they call that where they stick that little tube in your butthole? And enema. Then, enema. So I was like, yeah, we'll give you an enema, and, you know, we'll, we'll try to help push it out. You know, people actually had to have it surgically removed. But I'm like, okay, yeah. let, let's freaking do it. You know what I'm saying? Cut so, me. Cut me. Yeah. So he, <laughs> he's like, he's like, okay, I'll be right back. Let me go get what I need, and, and we'll come in. We'll give you the enema and, and send you on your way. I'm like, cool. All of a sudden, this really cute nurse walks into the room, ah. and she had the bottle in her hand. And I'm like, well, where's the doc? You know, where's this old 80-year-old guy that's seen 55 million buttholes in his life? Why do I have some 23-year-old girl who just got out of nursing school that looks like she could be Miss Minnesota coming in, and um, she's going to butt plug me, right? shave my butt. So, yeah. Oh, dude, this was so terrible. So she, she's like telling me to get on my side. <laughs> and, and so I cover up. I pull my pants down, right? And I throw the blankets over me. And um, not that I'm not okay showing you this stuff, but when you're, you got to stick something up my rear end. Uh, I was just troubled for one that this girl knew that I didn't poop for almost three weeks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so, so she's like, okay, well, you got to move the blankets. She goes, I got to get to your butthole. You know, I got to stick this thing up your butt and squeeze this liquid in your butthole. Dude, I know bullshit. I'm telling you right now. I made her turn the lights down to like a nice romantic <laughs> I did not want her to look at my white. butthole, bro. She just, and dude, she wasn't, she wasn't even gentle about it. You know what I'm saying? She, oh. so I, she turns down the lights. I removed the blanket and she's just like, boom, squeeze. Bam. Just like that. I was violated, dude. I started freaking crying. I'm laying there in a freaking ball. I'm sitting there sucking my freaking thumb. I have no idea what just happened. And, dude. And I told the doctor, I lied to him. I'm like, yeah, I pooped, dude. Because they wouldn't let me leave until I pooped. I'm like, I got to go. I don't even want to look at this girl in the eyes. I hope she don't even remember my freaking name. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Yeah, true you story. And you were like at the bar or something. Oh, hey, don't I know you from somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> well, dude, that Here. was such a nightmare experience, bro. I made her turn the lights down. I'm like, can you turn That's the lights down a little bit? as hell. <laughs> hey, could you, uh, could you lower the lights, please? <laughs> oh, <laughs> You know? Man. 
when I had uh, uh, a little a mild heart attack almost a year ago now, and I'm I was in the hospital in Utah for three days, just running tests, trying to figure out what was going on, and I felt fine. I was fine. I didn't have like clutching chest or anything, but there was one day I was so tired of being hooked up to all the all the IVs running in my arms and all the little sucker pads, you know, and you got to carry this little transistor radio type of thing with all the wires all over the place. And, uh, and you got the gown, you know, and I was so sick of the gown because the transistor went in the pocket and would grab the thing and, you know, your, your gown would be way down like this. And finally I stripped that thing off and I put on a pair of my black boxer briefs was what I had with me. So I'm standing there barefoot, bare chested, wearing my black boxer briefs, all these tubes, I got the, the IV pole next to me and the little transistor and all the wires and suction pads. And I happen to be looking at, I'm just standing in the middle of my hospital room and in walks uh, a doctor that was a different kind of issue. She was the one that's consulting with me about uh, a different aspect of this. And she was, this is no reference for you because <laughs> the reference somebody who was in a Star Trek movie. An Australian actress. She had this blonde hair, absolutely <laughs> gorgeous, knock dead. And uh, oh. uh, for those of you who know Star Trek, in one of the J.J. Abrams movies, the one who played uh, uh, um, Dr. Uh, uh, the daughter of the guy, the doctor that Kirk eventually in the, in the canon falls in love with, has a kid with. Marcus, Dr. Marcus. That oh, I was going to say that. Exactly I was going to say like that. this doctor. Uh, look up Dr. Marcus from Star Trek. And so, uh, not the old version, the new version. And there I am. I'm standing there. And she walks in and she goes, well, hello. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, hi. I said, don't mind my skivvies. <laughs> I said, I'm just tired of laying down. And she sat down next to me. She nudges me with her shoulder, and she's talking, trying to cheer me up. I'm sitting there in my undies with all these wires. So you know what? Uh, it's not like having a pretty nurse come in and uh, uh, enter me anally she's to cute. clear a, a block of poop out. But uh, <laughs> let me tell you. Let me let me ask you. I do have to ask you a question. A block of poop. When you finally cleared your bowels. Yeah. Did you feel? Um. I was, I was like, I was born again. You know what I'm saying, bro? I know. I know. It's it just was, like, but that wasn't the first time, unfortunately. Well, yeah, yours was induced by other things. When I went into treatment, um, they put me on Suboxone to help me through the detox. Uh, it, it, it has opioid in it, but it, it, um, in Suboxone, even though it does have the opioid in it, it, uh, it does something to your brain to where you don't feel yeah. the high effect of it. So it's what people right. use. Now they're putting people on it for a year. It's the most constipating drug um, on the market. I hate more than anything being constipated. It's terrible. Remember when I was fasting about a month ago? Yeah. How, the, how long did you I do that for? for about a week. I did all right. And it was good. You know, I took the right stuff and vitamins and all of that, and I was doing good. Uh, but, uh, I remember around about, uh, day six, I'm like, I ain't pooping. And then I had to remember, well, I'm not eating anything either. But your body but should that, still flush out. That's the thing. It flushed me out the first couple of days, right? but I went almost a week with nothing. Ooh. And I was like, I don't like this feeling. 
especially when I started eating again and I started eating light, you know, and, uh, and it took about another week to get back on track. I mean, it was weird. And I was drinking, I was drinking like my weight in water yeah, man. and taking vitamin stuff and all of that. And it screwed me up for a while. I well, don't like that feeling. You're changing the chemistry of your whole body. Yeah. But then, but then, then the infinite euphoria. Oh, tell us about it. Finally de- being able to drop some Duke. Uh, <laughs> it's amazing. You should have live streamed it, Roberts. You should have freaking live streamed it. Uh, yeah. Could you see that sitting on the toilet? Oh, folks, here we go. Here we go. Dude, ah, doc, Dr. Marcus, Dr. Marcus is, um, the me. one from the J.J. Abrams movies. Yeah, dude. Uh, I'm telling I'm you. Here, the, this doctor, I told her at the time, I said, are you a Star Trek fan? And I said, you know who you look like? And she was and she was wearing like, you know, nice, uh, you know, you know, pants and a fantastic shirt and the white lab coat. And it was like, uh, like your stethoscope. Yeah, how you doing? Yeah. She's looking going? at in this picture that I'm looking at. She's looking yeah. at me in the eyes, and and I know what she's thinking right now. Oh yeah, she's like, damn, look at the size of that nose, meow, bro. meow. She was saying it. She's saying it right now. You're you're reaching her psychically, I'm sure. Yeah, Scotty, I don't know what happened with this show today. We're talking about either, pooping. We do have one, one enemas, breast milk. Time to hit the important article. So we have, yeah, we got about 10 minutes, brother. So you know what? Why don't you um, give everybody the backstory here? And why don't you take right. us for a little ride? It's all yours. All right, and all the breast talk and the poop talk has uh, been a great segue into this. I could talk about it for days. And I'm just saying. I heard this on the radio this morning, driving my kids to school. And I said, what? I knew that there had been some talk about Martin Luther King Jr. When he, uh, I remember being a kid and hearing things about, well, you know, Martin Luther King, he, he beat his wife and he did things like that. And I thought, eh, no, this is just talk. This is people trying to detract from who he was. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, no matter what you think of him, no matter what you think of liberal causes that, that hail to him and all that, I think that man did some amazing things for our nation, Agreed. for our country, for our people. Agreed. And I hold him in high esteem yep. for what he did. None of that is affected by this other stuff that's come up now is that there are now apparently things that have been known for a long time. Of course. Uh, this author that is writing a book about him, uh, doing a biography of him. Um, I've got to see, I've got to actually look at the article to see who the, the man's name was, uh, who's writing this book. It's in here somewhere. Yeah, I but, uh, uh, he's writing this and in doing his research, um, he's found documents from the 1960s that alleged Martin Luther King Jr. had affairs with 40 women and stood by as a friend raped a woman, this new report says. Now, let me just say this. I do not approve of philandering and sex with 40 women while you're married and have kids. That's pretty low. But you know what? That's his personal affairs. Uh, No pun intended there. If that's the life he wants to lead, he sleeps with women. That's his thing. You learn about that. His character drops way down on the on the scale for me. Um, uh, especially a repeated philandering the way he did. Mm-hmm. But then when they bring up that he stood by as his friend who was a Baptist minister, uh, raped a woman. 
Um, there's, uh, it's David Garrow. Yes. Yep. Uh, the King biographer. He released on Thursday in Standpoint magazine, uh, and he's going to detail the FBI memos. And uh, uh, there was things, uh, apparently, uh, J. Edgar Hoover had been monitoring uh, King's actions for a long time. But that's because Hoover, you know, he dressed in high heels and women's clothes. Hell yeah, he did, dude. He was all about the butthole. Hey, did you know about that? Do you think the FBI assassinated or the CIA maybe assassinated? Do you think? I know it's a conspiracy. I have wondered that. And J. Edgar Hoover, uh, you look at current stuff that's going on today with the FBI. Right, right. Trump, this ain't new news. This nope. shouldn't surprise anybody. Old this news. is back 50 years ago right. when we didn't have the public knowledge of yep. these things like we yep. do now. And Hoover was really bad at this, I get, or really good at it, whichever way you want to look at it. Um, the memos were part of this huge U.S. National Archives dump. In uh, early Dump. of 2019. Now, all of this stuff from the FBI is archived until 2027 when it becomes public. Uh, and so uh, everybody can look at it then. Um, the tapes, there are tapes. The FBI secretly recorded King in a years-long effort to discredit him. They were trying to discredit him, so they were looking for shit. And the tapes themselves, they all remain under seal in the U.S. National Archives. Garo's article was rejected by more prominent news outlets. So the story carries many unanswered questions about the accuracy of the FBI material. It's just stuff he found. Uh, the King Center, which chronicles King's life, has not yet commented. Now, you know why they have not yet commented? They haven't even put out a denial yet. I think it's because they know. You go to Snopes. My, my wife this morning said, oh, here's what Snoops says. Snoops. <laughs> Snopes, and uh, um, and they have four different things listed about him. There were allegations that he beat his wife. Mm-hmm. There were allegations that he slept around. And Snopes has on there, they don't deny the fact that he was a philanderer. They don't deny the fact that there were accusations that he beat. He was a big-time MLK Jr. was into white prostitution. And uh, there were many times he smacked him around. These are a matter of record. Snopes didn't even deny that. So some of those things are there. But uh, here's what it comes down to for me. There, We've kind of covered what all the allegations Mm -hmm. are. Mm -hmm. And uh, it would be very upsetting to a lot of people nowadays. And you're going to get a lot of deniers of this. Just like you had people who voted for Trump. They all denied stormy waters and all that. But you know, or stormy weather, stormy weathers or waters. Um, Uh, But we all know she also lied. Stormy Daniels. Daniels, yeah, she also lied. Stormy weather. (laughs) Stormy weather. Whatever. See what talking about poop does? I I was never a follower of her. Neither was I. Uh, But uh, everybody wants to defend their guy or their person that's in the hot seat. Uh, No, couldn't be my guy. Right, right. Uh, And and so we'll get some of that. But here's the big question. I, uh, there's a lot of ethical gray area here. Because you say no matter how good somebody was and the things they accomplished, if you found out that they did heinous things behind the scenes, are those things that we'd rather not hear about? Uh, Yeah. Are they things that we should react to? He's long since dead. He died and killed in 1968 by Sirhan, not Sirhan, Sirhan. Who was the guy that, the other guy. Sirhan Sirhan was Robert Kennedy Jr. 
uh, same year. But uh, so Martin Luther King's dead and gone. His legacy is wondrous. Um, and uh, at the same time, there's all these little hints, and now this big thing is coming out. James Earl Ray. James Earl Ray. He just died in prison a couple he of years have. ago. Yeah, he was trying to get out, and uh, he was trying to make claims the FBI put him up to it, mm. among other things. All right. And uh, they said, shut up, go back to yourself. Yeah, shut up. And uh, so the big question comes into this. If there's any veracity to this stuff, even if there's not yet, how much of the left, the Me Too movement, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all of these politicos that try to take down political people by using this sort of bullshit, why aren't we hearing from them? Right. Why aren't they saying, hey, uh, a woman should be believed. A, uh, the allegation is real, so therefore you know, we should start renaming uh, um, schools. Take the MLK Jr. name off. Start oh, renaming remove the, the statue. <coughs> remove the statue. Wasn't there one just recent years that was put up commemorating him? Um, should that be removed? Should What bothers me is not so much learning that the man was a human being that did things that were might be heinous, uh, that did things were very questionable character. Uh, that's pretty common. You know, our heroes fall. Uh, I remember the first time I encountered that. I was in Bible school, uh, uh, college, and the pastor of our church was found to have been in an affair with a woman in the church. And it was a big to-do, and uh, he resigned. And he had a little thing after a Sunday evening service where he came up, and rather than preach a sermon, he told, I've was, done this. Was your, was your pastor married? Yeah, married and, and kid. was the other lady married? No, she was a widower. Okay. And so a businesswoman in the church. Right. And uh, he got up and he confessed it. And he said, I'm sorry, and I'm tendering my resignation. He said, ladies and, and gentlemen of my Congress, I tore that ass up. I was wrong. You know what Bada I mean? Bada boom. Bada boom. I had a good it. time, but now I'm done. <laughs> right. I can't tell you I didn't enjoy myself. But I remember that, and I cried. We all went up and shook his hand afterwards. He had a little meet and greet. You know, it's not like, hey, I had adultery. Come and have finger sandwiches with me. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like that. A couple but minutes, Scotty. Resignation. All right. Then he stood at the church and everybody said goodbye to him that wanted to. And I said goodbye. And I was very disillusioned by that. So here's the question. Should this be made an issue? Should we just wait until we know the facts? I'm a believer and you wait till you have the facts. Sure. Everybody's innocent until proven guilty, even posthumously. Um, uh if it's found out, this is the hypothetical here. Mm-hmm. If this stuff is true, should we say, we know it's true now. We're not going to change the names of streets. We're not going to change parks or schools. We still hold him in esteem for what he did for the civil rights movement. Yeah. Does that negate everything he did? And on top of that, I would ask this question. We hear a lot of silence on this, right? This has been known for a few months. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're hearing a lot of silence. I haven't heard about this until this article today. Question is, what if it had been Ronald Reagan? Oh. Would the story be different? Yes, would the it scenario would. be different? 
Dude, if it was Reagan, they would be tearing down every statue of Reagan in this country right now. Yeah. You know, it's, this, this is a perfect example, Roberts. First of all, we need to take down the Margaret Sanger statue. And second of all, oh, hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, I actually have an article that let's cover it tomorrow. I got a couple hot articles I want to cover right. tomorrow. But this goes, you know, when we talk about the situation with MLK, I like the way you put it because we don't take away the incredible work you did for the civil rights movement. But this is a perfect example of sometimes the information we seek, it completely goes against our belief system, but it's important for us to have these conversations. There's a double standard out there, and I want to see how it's handled. Not because I want to see his downfall posthumously, but because I want to see how our current politics and our current movements handle the consistency, the double standard factor. And I'm not a big fan of hearsay. You know what I'm saying? Um, You know, and this is the unfortunate part is that media jumps to these conclusions and they start demonizing people uh, without presenting actual facts. And people are so gullible that that becomes their truth. Just like that idiot that sent me that email. They have one small perception of what their belief system is, and they're not willing to have that conversation. You know what I'm saying, Big Daddy? Right, I know. Dude, I just called you Big Daddy. Big Daddy. Big Daddy Cannoli. Daddy likes it when you call him by his name. Big Daddy the Cannoli. Folks, I have no idea what happened. I I don't know. But it was sure as fun having this conversation, you know, because I like talking about boobies, but just the whole milk part, I got a problem with that. I started gagging earlier if you didn't see that. (laughs) Was that real? (laughs) Well, I play the fifth. You know what I'm saying? I play the fifth. So anyways, folks, we love the hell out of you guys. We thank you all so much for being here. Make sure you get your Meeple Army stuff. Make sure you get your Son of a Patriot stuff. Go to streamingtalkradio.com. And please, if you don't watch on YouTube, make sure you go to mojo50.com, mojo50.com. You can also watch the program is there on Mojo TV or listen to the broadcast on iHeartRadio, talk stream live through your Alexa at all available platforms you can catch this show on every platform available all over the freaking world so with that being said folks we thank you all so much for being here may god bless you may god bless the united states of america and rule number one don't take shit from anybody we love the hell out of you guys good night everybody